You're listening to an L.A. Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit lakings.com slash podcast. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the L.A. Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Hope you're all doing well, or at least as well as could be reasonably expected. We are back. We'll have new episodes of All the Kings Men, Fox and Faust, and the Rainy Day podcast on a regular basis. And hopefully, we can all ride this thing out together and keep up our collective physical, mental, and emotional health. So, without further ado, welcome back, Kings fans. We are not at Staples Center. We are not in the LA Kings podcast studio. I'm at home. Joining me from her home, Robin Dutton. How are you doing today, Robin? I'm doing okay, considering all things. Uh, It's nice to be here talking with you today. We are going to recap the last week's events, uh, bring you some updated information about where the league stands, where the team stands. Then we're going to get into some player polls. Um, eventually, we will hopefully steer the show back onto conversations strictly about LA Kings hockey. But for now, Robin, uh, what was Wednesday like for you watching at home? Wednesday night was crazy. Um, we took the option. Our digital team worked from home. We figured better safe than sorry. Um, we had a feeling it could be our last game with fans um, and maybe our last game for a while, but there was so much uncertainty around it. Um, and then, wow, the night just escalated so fast. I mm-hmm. saw a tweet, I think, that said, what a year these last two hours have been. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean, I was just kind of sitting at home watching the tweets, refreshing Twitter every five minutes, um, saw the NBA was suspended and Tom Hanks and his wife tested positive. And I think things really escalated from there. You were at the game, right? Yeah. I didn't have the option of staying home. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I had to do the pregame show on iHeart and you know, there are moments where you start a sentence and at the start of your sentence, the world is in in one state of flux. And by the time you finish the sentence, it is completely changed. And I was, I don't even remember what I was saying, but Jack Jablonski was in the booth with me and Jake, our producer, was there. Both of them had their phones out and both of them were scrolling through Twitter and both of their jaws hit the floor at about the same time while I was talking. And I grant you, I tend to ramble on, so they had plenty of time, but they were both trying to get my attention and point out to me that the NBA had canceled the season. Uh, Or at least I I may have that timeline slightly wrong, but, but the NBA had shut down games basically. And, you know, we were in the middle of doing a live show and, and I assumed at that moment that the NHL would follow suit. Um, The players had not yet taken the ice for warm up, So I wasn't sure that the game would be wind up being played, but it seemed like, a 50-50 bet at best, and I certainly assumed that the games would be canceled the following day. So when we did the post-game show after the win, seventh in a row, um, you know, we talked about, well, what is, you know, what happens? I mean, we tried to focus on the win and celebrate the team, but it was also, you know, it was Dave Joseph and Jack Jablonski and I just sort of saying like, well, this could be it. This could be the last one we do for a while. Um, it was a weird feeling. Very weird. I mean, it's nothing like, I've ever seen in my life. I think even our 
parents' generation haven't seen it. And um, it feels I wasn't around working in the league for when the lockout happened, but I think it feels a little similar for a lot of people working in the organization. Obviously, everyone misses hockey and and we want to be back playing as soon as possible. But the health of the greater community is more important. And so obviously we really respect the league's decision and we're following suit and just trying to um, take it day by day. This is one of those um, moments where I like being old <clears throat> because I know I know a lot of younger fans or newer fans don't remember the 2004-2005 lockout. But uh, we recorded an episode of Fox and Faust earlier today, and you know they were Alex was asking Jim about that year, and I remember distinctly in February of 2005, uh, one of my dearest closest friends got married. I was the best man at his wedding. And we were in the lobby of the hotel that we were all staying at um, the night before the ho- before the wedding. And we were walking from, I don't remember if it was the rehearsal dinner or a party or, or whatever. But we were walking from the outside through the lobby to go up to our rooms. And ESPN was on in the bar in the lobby. And they were... I think this was when this part of the story happened, but I think Lemieux and Gretzky had been called in to sort of try and salvage some version of the season at the last second. You know, it was like I said, it was February. It was 2004, 2005 season. Um, But at that point, the season was on the verge of essentially being canceled and no Stanley Cup. And of course, the huge difference between that and now is no one's going to a hotel. No one's going to the bar in the lobby nobody's gathering for a wedding. We're all just sitting at home (laughs) staring at the screen. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I mean, it's bringing out the best and the worst in people. It really is, um, you know, you take a step back and you have to slow down and you have to really rely on people around you to get through it. And so, yeah, it's definitely um, a shock for everyone involved. And uh, I was actually browsing on the Nextdoor app, which is kind of like a neighborhood (laughs) app. I don't know why Yeah, <laughs> I saw some, um, you know, teenagers and young adults offering to like run errands for their elderly neighbors and, um, you know, seeing people just all pitch in and, and come together. It's, it's kind of cool. I, I try to look at that over the toilet paper, uh, tackling, going mm-hmm. off Costco. but, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's just a matter of time before we get through it and, uh, just hand Sandy is your best friend right now. Yeah, I mean, there's some, you know, obviously we love our mantras here on All the King's Men. And I think the one that I'm, I've been close to adding <laughs> recently is, um, I'm going to blow it right now. Cause was, but uh, uh, the gist of it is that hard times don't forge character, they reveal it. There's a shorter version, a more succinct version of that yeah. um, saying. But that's the gist of it is that, you know, you either have character or you don't. And, and it's times like these when uh, it comes out to shine. So... I know that we have been tasked with um, supporting the message to, you know, be careful and, and how to be safe. What what are what does the NHL like to tell their fans at, at a time like this? I mean, I think it's the it's not even just the NHL, but like the World Health Organization, CDC, everyone is saying, obviously, be careful with your hygiene practices, wash your hands, use hand sanitizer, um, don't touch your face or your mouth, which I've never realized how much I you know, eat with my hands even. Um, I'm like, I'm an, I'm an animal. Um, but I think, yeah, practicing those safety measures, limiting your time, um, in social circumstances, obviously now in California restaurants and bars are closed. So it makes it a lot easier, but, 
um, stay home because even though you may be young and healthy, uh, there is someone's family member who could be at risk and you just a lot of times don't know that you're spreading it inadvertently. So um, listen, take it seriously. We definitely have the time now to be careful and be smart about it. So um, don't be stupid. For the last 10 days or so, every time I would do something, I would think to myself, huh, I wonder when the next time I'll get to do this is. So, you know, the last game, for example, as I'm leaving, Staples mm -hmm. Center and the streets are empty and there's a ton of news vans outside of Staples at like midnight, which I'm assuming was so that they could do, you know, that pointless live shot of the reporter in front of a place where nothing's happening so that they could say nothing happening here, Jim. And what? You know, but, but anyway, um, I'm curious, since you mentioned restaurants and bars shut down, what was the last food you ate that you didn't prepare yourself? <laughs> um, I honestly don't. No, I need to think about that. I thought so every game at Staples Center, like Saturday nights, I treat myself and I get the uh, press box chips with jalapenos. <laughs> That's your treat. <laughs> <laughs> That's my treat. Wow. And I know. I know. For those um, who are unaware, it's basically a pot full of stale chips under a heat lamp with some <laughs> melted Velveeta. But yeah, the jalapenos are actually bomb. Like, all right. <laughs> they're tangy, but hot. Anyways. It's the little things. Mm -hmm. You got to take them when you need them. But, hey, I like 7-Eleven hot dogs, so who am I to judge? Yeah, but that's the first thing I thought of was, oh, God, I'm not going to be able to get some jalapenos in me now for the rest of the season. Um, but just stocking up on some foods at home. And I, I feel bad for the people who never learned how to cook. I saw a tweet of yeah. saying, shout out to all my ex-boyfriends who <laughs> don't know how to cook rice. I'll get to my uh, last food place, but that – so I went shopping on, I don't know, Thursday or something like that before. Uh, and I went through it and, of course, the you know entire sh grocery store was ransacked and there were very few things left over. Um, and in the bread aisle, I mentioned this on Twitter, but I'll say it again here. There were only brioche loaf with chocolate chips and Irish soda bread left over. <laughs> now, I happen to have grown up with a mother who every March would buy three loaves of Irish soda bread, put them in the fridge, and then we would ration them out over the next three or four months, just mm -hmm. eating like a piece a day and enjoying it. So I was thrilled that Irish soda bread was there. And brioche loaf with chocolate chips, I have the palate of a four-year-old, um, which I've been mocked for most of my adult life and, and I have never pushed back on. But I'm in heaven now because there was a <laughs> the only things left in my grocery store were Lay's potato chips, peanut butter, and chocolate chip bread. So like I'm, oh yeah, I'm you good. Used, <laughs> used to not even look at the vegetable section. No. Actually, I have more produce in my fridge now than I ever have. But oh, uh, on the way home, and this is why I brought it up out of curiosity. On the way home, I was hungry, and I was like, well, in an effort to make what I've just bought from the grocery store last a little bit longer, I will go get fast food with the knowledge that this could be the last time for a while that I go get fast food. Yeah. Um, I mean, even like I had a haircut planned for uh, today go. actually. And it's like just those little things that you really take for granted um, that you don't have access to on a daily basis during a time like this. So I'm proud to announce that Kentucky fried chicken <laughs> was the last thing, which I almost, I almost never ever eat a Kentucky Fried Chicken, but... I know. Are we all going to gain the quarantine 15? I'm hoping to lose the quarantine 150, but... Yeah. <laughs> just... 
I, I was saying to a friend, I'm either going to get really fit from doing like home workouts and I go for like three walks a day because there's just nothing else to do or I'm going to get really fat. We'll just see what happens. <laughs> it's, I mean, we'll find out. We'll find yeah. out together. I know. But um, anyways, it, it'll all be okay. So uh, we've we've sort of been tasked with doing a – uh, an appropriate transition from uh, talking about what's going on before we start, you know, headlong back into hockey stuff. And obviously there are no games to cover, but that shouldn't be a challenge. And we will be producing more content about the team and prospects in the future and, and all the sorts of stuff you're used to. But earlier this season, Robin, we, we did a player poll. Is that correct? We did. Yeah. We talked to all of the guys and um, asked them some hard, hard hitting questions about their, favorite you know books food travel spots uh things like that so um we wanted to share their book movie and tv show recommendations so that you guys at home can have some ideas on what to watch and how to entertain yourselves during this time and before uh, before we jump into that i also want to stress we are doing bobby Orr's book for the book club um and that will that episode will happen sometime in early april hopefully the first week we're trying to work out the schedules given everybody's situations. But if you need, if you want to read with all the Kingsmen, that's what we're reading, but let's go ahead and get to what the players are into. All right. So first up, Cal Peterson, his favorite book was the operator by Robert O'Neill. Um, have you read this one? No, it's a biography from a former U S Navy sailor who killed Osama bin Laden. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So I think that would be an interesting one. His favorite movie was top gun which who doesn't love a little Tom Cruise action. <laughs> and um, the last show he binged was Friends, which is a classic. I think they're coming back to your re reunion, aren't they? I've heard that when somebody says, this is my curiosity whenever I see people talking about on social media, when somebody says they binge watched Friends or The Office or, you know, Seinfeld or whatever it is, like some of these shows were on the air for more than a decade. <laughs> Are you, I know. you binge watching the entire run or just a season or two? Probably just a season or two. I mean, these guys have so much time on the road and stuff that maybe it's like, okay, I'll fire up some friends while I have some time to kill. Like, I think it's just an easy go-to when you have a lot of time. Um, you know, you can never go wrong with that. Sure. Kind of I mean, I Parks and Rec or The Office is obviously my choice, but. Yeah. Well, we're going to, a couple of the guys agree with you on that. Um, Matt Roy's favorite book was 13 Hours, which is an account of the Benghazi terrorist attacks. Good Lord. <laughs> I know. A lot of these aren't um, that lighthearted. But no, it won't really, sound it. His favorite movie was Goodwill Hunting, which I have actually never seen. Really? But it has 97% of Rotten Tomatoes, so, and I've heard great things. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, his last show binge watched was The Jinx, um, mm -hmm. which is about real estate heir Robert Durst yep. and the disappearance of his wife. So a lot of psychological thrillers on this list. Yeah, which is, I mean, given the popularity of true crime, I guess I shouldn't be that shocked, but I'm a little shocked. Yeah, you do see a lot of that on Netflix and stuff now. I, I heard that the most popular documentaries like Pandemic is yeah. watching right now. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's good for our society or not, but um, Sean Walker said his favorite book was Silent Patient. Again, another psychological thriller. <laughs> Okay. His favorite movie, Interstellar. So a little 
uh, a movie about Earth's future, a NASA, NASA physicist who's working on plans to transport the population. His favorite show is Mindhunter. Have you seen that one? I saw the first season. Um, the problem I run into, not to digress, but the problem I run into with a lot of shows these days mm-hmm. is that unless I really, really love spending time with the characters, you know, quote unquote, like in Parks and Rec, right? Like, I, I don't care what's happening on the episode. I just like watching those actors portray those roles. Shows mm-hmm. like Mindhunter or a lot of the other net, like Stranger Things or even even curb your enthusiasm now once i sort of get a handle on what the tenor and the thrust of the show is i reach this point and i can't remember what i've mentioned on the podcast before but my friends are definitely tired of hearing me say it where i i got it and that's the sort of phrase i constantly use is like yeah i got it so i I watched the first season of mindhunter and it's like okay i got it i don't really need to watch a second season of him interviewing sociopaths it's not which is not to say it's not good it's just i got it yeah i get that um same with books i find sometimes it's like especially like some self-help books or it's like all right that i i get what you're saying here i only need the first couple chapters right yep you got it (laughs) Um, martin firk said we were getting a little lighthearted here i think all the heavy stuff's over with um his favorite movie was moneyball okay i love moneyball yeah, baseball movie with Brad Pitt. Need I say more? Mm-hmm. Um, his favorite show is Flip or Flop, which is kind of out of left field, I think. Um, I think now is HGTV's time to shine. Like, <laughs> everyone's at home. We've got well, – you got to fix up things around the house. You have the time for it. Um, I don't know. My favorite show with them is Fixer Upper with Chip and Joanna Gaines. Have you seen that one? No, I'm aware that it exists, though. Oh, God. It's incredible. Every every house is beautiful, you know that <laughs> modern farmhouse vibe. I love it. Um, Adrian Kempe Juice said his favorite movie is Pokemon. Really? Okay. Is, I'm mean, guessing it's the 2019 Pikachu movie because uh, I think there's a few. That one had Ryan Reynolds and uh, yeah, and I actually saw that one despite not having consumed any Pokemon content in my life up to that point. <laughs> I saw someone on Twitter said, this is the opposite of when we had Pokemon Go happen. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, around yeah, trying to yeah, find yeah. that's funny. Yeah. Um, his favorite show is The Office. Great, uh-huh. great there. Yeah. Um, Curtis McDermott, his favorite movie was The Departed. Okay. And show Curb Your Enthusiasm. Sure. Again, big fans. Uh, I think Matt Leff and Michael Amadio either cheated off each other and filled this out <laughs> together or they're the exact same person. Uh, it could be. Um, their favorite movie was Step Brothers, which okay. maybe they could star in it together. A little remake. I, I have to say one of my favorite scenes of all time. Step Brothers is not one of my favorite movies of all time, though I enjoy a great deal. But one of my favorite, favorite, favorite all time scenes from any movie is the scene where the family is singing in the car. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> With, I think it's Adam Scott who plays the dad, right? Yeah. Um, and they're singing Sweet Child of Mine. <laughs> so good. Almost drive into oncoming traffic. And then keep <laughs> singing right after it. I, that is, whoever wrote that scene is a genius. Yeah. Um, his favorite show is Suits, too, which is one of mine. It's a great show to binge watch. I'm embarrassed at how much I like Suits. <laughs> you shouldn't be. Although I stopped watching after season five because at some point, like I said, 
I got it. <laughs> yeah, but. no, it is. That's the kind of show where they start. I mean, there's only so many different types of litigation cases and suits uh, that Harvey Specter can wear. Well, and not to spoil it too much for anybody that hasn't binged it and wants to, and you should. It's a perfectly lighthearted, fun show. But there is an underlying uh, tension to the first, what, five seasons, I think, four seasons, Uh that eventually inevitably has to play out. And and once it plays out, everything after that is sort of like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Now we're just keeping the show going because... Everybody likes the show, but anyway. For sure. It's funny that Meghan Markle starred in it. Like how yeah. far she's been and now how different her life is. And it's a bit nutty. Yeah. Um, his favorite book was Tiger's Book, actually, which I think would be a good read. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not one for biographies, I, but I'd be, I'd, I'm it's sure not. it's fascinating. See, again, we are literally the opposite person because I can't <laughs> read fiction. I only like biographies or other types my problem Um, and sorry to jump in real quick my problem and and i don't think i've ever revealed this particular detail about myself but i'm inspired by jim fox and his vulnerability that he shows on fox and faust my issue with with biographies is that i don't i know that i'm an unreliable narrator in my own life mm -hmm. um which is one of the things that i struggled with uh in therapy is that I wanted to get help, but I didn't trust myself to accurately relay what I needed help with. Right. And so when I'm reading someone else's biography, all I can keep thinking is, I really wish I knew what the person in this story thinks of this. You know, like if, you know, if I was reading Tiger Woods book, well, I'd really want to know what his mom thought about it or what his dad thought about it or what his wife or friends or, you know, really Phil Mickelson or, you know what I mean? Like I would. I would just constantly be plagued by curiosity. Interesting. Huh? For me, it's just a chance to get to know these people better. And they have, I don't even need to like the person or respect them, but if it's an interesting enough story, for example, Sean Avery, obviously (laughs) a hated character in the hockey world and loved by some, but I felt that his book, although some of it may not be correct and <laughs> i i loved it i i thought it was really an uh, interesting read so um, well marge have, in many ways you and i are very different people <laughs> i know i know i also have, i'm looking at gordy howe's book and wayne gretzky's book here that i need to read um so maybe i'll report back next episode to see if i've made a dent in those or read bobby Orr's uh book and uh and listen to the uh, book club episode uh-huh. oh well there's an idea <laughs> there you go just a subtle plug yeah um, Drew Dowdy, I laughed at this one. He said he hadn't read a book since grade nine, which I'm, I'm not terribly surprised. No, um, but it was The Hatchet. And I don't know how well that book has aged, but if you want to get back to your roots, give it a go. I'm not familiar. The Hatchet? The Hatchet, yeah. Maybe that was like a Canadian required read. I think I read it. Yeah. The only but... required reads I can remember are Where the Red Fern Grows. Uh, and uh, something about a light, but I can't. I'm blanking on the name now. Which one's uh, with Atticus? Oh, yeah. Um, to Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird. That was another one we had to read as well. And The Great Gatsby. I think oh, everybody yeah. had to read The Great Gatsby. Yeah, man. It's funny <laughs> how many years you're in school and how little you can recall yep. from it. Yep, yep, uh, yep. His favorite movie is Coach Carter. Really? Not- <laughs> 
Yeah. The Samuel L. Jackson basketball movie? This is also coming from a guy that his best binge watch show is Big Brother. So I don't know how much credibility we can take from it. Yeah. Coach Carter. Okay. (laughs) Hey. Uh, Austin Wagner's favorite book was The Courage to Be Disliked, which I like that title a lot. I haven't picked it up. Movie recommendation, Public Enemies. Okay. And show Peaky Blinders. I watched the first season of Peaky Blinders and then I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't have a lot to say about those, but um, you know, if you like Wags, check out those recommendations. Um, Alex I follow. His favorite movie was It, which I will not be watching. Really? I hate scary movies okay. and um I want nothing to do with them. Fair enough. I feel like if you're stuck at home, let's just have some fun, put on a comedy. <laughs> There's no need to like aggravate yourself. All right. But uh, and his favorite show is Stranger Things, which I know tons of people loved. Uh, I never got into it, but uh, it's on Netflix if you want to give it a go. Um, Blake Lazat, his favorite book was Bear Town, which I know a couple people at our office have read it. It's about a hockey community. Um, I don't know if I can really say that much without giving away what happens, but. It's apparently a really good book about them coming together and the different types of issues that they face and how they deal with them. Bear Town, you said? Bear Town, yeah. Right. Um, his favorite movie is Happy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Classic. Definitely. Uh, and last show we binge watched was Mindhunter. It's more true crime stuff. I know. Um, and. And so what are yours? What's your favorite book, movie, and last show you binge-watched? So my favorite book of all time, hands down, is The Count of Monte Cristo. Um, hmm. And it has been adapted into movies. And I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound, you know, snooty. And I don't intend it to. And I don't mean it the way that that I think, in my head, most people mean it when they go, oh, the book was much better. But the book is so long and so good (laughs) it's not long in a boring way but it's like a great the way that he writes uh dumas it's it's like it's like reading an action movie if that makes sense like it's a novel but it's it's so engaging the story's so great it is um there's a scene in pulp fiction have you ever you seen pulp fiction no all right well there's a scene in pulp fiction where john travolta is telling a guy about having just come back from spending time in Europe and he'd had his car in storage during uh, his time in Europe and he took it out and a day after he took it out of storage, somebody keyed it. And they're, you know, agonizing over what a tragedy it is that this, you know, classic car got keyed and he says it would almost be worth it happening to catch the guy doing it. And that, um, that feeling of satisfaction in revenge as unhealthy as i realize it is that's like the that's the driving force between all sorts of revenge movies and i love revenge movies like it's such a perfect narrative thing right where somebody's wronged and then you get to spend 90 minutes or or two hours watching you know denzel washington or bruce willis or whoever it is just unleash holy hell on whoever did this fictional bad thing um i love stories like that and so the Count of Monte Cristo is just, it's the ultimate revenge story. And, and it's got 
you know, complicated, uh, you know, plots of revenge and, and it's got wealth fantasy and globe trotting and it's set in a period of time where you don't, you know, you don't have to worry about drawing any parallels to modern life or anything. Um, so I would say avoid all of the <laughs> adaptations for film that you can, because they condense it and they chop stuff out and they leave storylines out and it's just goofy. And if, and if you ever have a few months where you can't do anything, um, the Count of Monte Cristo for my money is absolutely my all time favorite book. Um, wow. Rave reviews. I, I mean, I love it to death. I, and, yeah. and, then after that, go ahead and read everything that John Steinbeck ever wrote, except for The Pearl, because um, wow. I also love John Steinbeck. I don't know that I'm going to want to get on your bad side after hearing about this. The, the <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> the moral of the story, spoiler alert, like every revenge, every good revenge story is that, of course, the revenge doesn't solve anything and it just leaves you with an empty hole in your heart and you'd better off, you know, putting all that energy and time towards something you know, towards moving on with your life. And yet it's just a great, it's a great story. It's so good. Um, I, so when I played soccer growing up, I read this book called mind gym that I felt really helped me, you know, mentally uh, prepare for games and just in life. And uh, so it's called, it's by Gary Mack, um, an athlete's guide to inner excellence. And I think um, Campbell actually said, uh, Jack Campbell said that was his favorite book as well before he, um, was traded to the Maple Leafs, but, uh, that's a good one. And then I just bought this book called chasing waves, which is, um, this female surfers story about how she started to learn to surf and how she became obsessed with it. So I think that'll be my, um, read over the next couple weeks while we're just at home hanging out. Have you ever read the inner game of tennis? No, uh, I have not either, but I'm told it is a must read as far as, um, I don't think it's about tennis per se. I think it uses tennis as a filter to talk about your inner life and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I've, I have been recommended it by tons of people whose, uh, whose opinion I trust. I'll add that to the list. There you go. We, um, we've had to do book reports uh, with the Kings this past year and everyone in our creative department picks a book to read and then we have to, you know, present what we thought about it and tell the group about it. And so, um, yeah, this past year it was pretty fun seeing what books everyone picked and, and what they thought. And I, I picked big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, which is a good book for creative. She's a writer obviously. And, um, it helps me with writing for the site and just coming up with creative ideas. And so that's another one I recommend to anyone who's trying to get those creative juices flowing. I am simultaneously uh, bummed and thrilled at not having been invited to participate in book clubs <laughs> or book reports for work. This might have been before your time, so I wouldn't feel that bad. About no, it. I, I don't. <laughs> but, we can have our own. Uh, uh, what's your favorite movie? I mean, my favorite movie of all time is Ghostbusters. Um, but I figure most people have either seen that or they're never going to at this point. Um but recently, I watched, uh, I was flipping through HBO, Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, right? Just looking for something to watch. And I stumbled on the talented Mr. Ripley, which is like a classic, I guess, now at this point. Um, or maybe not. It's only been 20 years. But anyway, it's like a movie that everybody knows about. I'd never seen it. It's got an incredible cast. Um, Matt Damon, 
Jude Law, Kate Blanchett, Gwyneth Paltrow, Philip Seymour Hoffman, all, you know, sort of relatively young into the start of their careers. And, and I started watching it and, uh, I don't know, man, it wasn't for me. <laughs> um, it was, it was, it was a slog for me personally. I mean, there were parts about it that I liked, but then I watched Room with, mm-hmm. with, um, oh shoot, I'm blanking on her name. The actress from Room. I know who you're talking about. Is it, um, I'm just gonna Google it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, she was Captain Marvel um, in the Marvel movies. Brie Larson. Yeah, thank you, Brie Larson. Yeah, and the talented Miss Ripley involves uh, globe trotting and you know fraud and identity theft and all of these complicated machinations, and it takes place in this beautiful setting. Whereas Room is about a woman kidnapped and held in a room for mm-hmm. seven years or something like that and nothing much happens in room like there's one event in, right in the middle of the movie and the first half of the movie is just getting you used to the world and then the second half of the movie is just dealing with the fallout of the event um but i was way more interested in room than i was in the talent of mr ripley interesting it's a much smaller story with or i guess about the same stakes but uh yeah, so I was sort of stunned by that. So so The Room, or sorry, not The Room. Don't, God, don't watch The Room. But if you want to watch Room, mm-hmm. I would, although it's a bummer. It's a super bummer. <laughs> just, yeah. Just warned you there. <laughs> um, I'm type that right now. I think I need like something happy, a comedy. Um, my all-time go-to, which it's by no means a cinematic masterpiece, but Wedding Crashers. Wedding Crashers is great. <laughs> It never gets old. Yeah. I I just could watch it a hundred times over and it's still, you know, you're having fun. There's a little bit of a love story going on. It's a comedy. Um, yeah, I think that's my go-to pick. Uh, even if you've seen it before, it's always good to watch it again. I want to dive into your aversion to horror stories. It's, it's honestly not even horror stories. It's that. But it's like anything that's a little too... Um, depressing or violent or i just i just want to have a nice time and relax (laughs) i hear you um because when you asked me a few hours ago to to come up with some recommendations i said the book and the binge watch were going to be the same thing Mm -hmm. Um, because there's a i don't know how many people can handle uh comic books or graphic novels or whatever you want to call them um but there are some that are like there's some that's just total you know pulp whatever Superman beating up giant monsters or whatever and there's a time and place for that I was a comic book collector when I was a kid so I'm not poo pooing it but there's a series of graphic novels called Lock and Key written mm-hmm. by uh, Stephen King's son and I don't know that they qualify as horror although they're definitely uh a thriller they're definitely not a good time as you say although they're great uh but anyway netflix just made a 10 episode season uh of of it and they adapted it it doesn't follow the graphic novels exactly but it's the same general principle and i'm assuming there will be a second season if the first one's popular they left it on a cliffhanger and there's certainly more stuff to adapt from the graphic novels but I don't think you would like it because it doesn't, it's, again, I don't know if it's horror, but it's definitely 
tense and stressful and and people's lives are at stake in the stories right Um, so i will and now i'm going to contradict myself a little bit uh i recently watched the show you on netflix okay and i was sweating (laughs) i was dripping buckets like if you haven't seen it or heard of it it's basically it has penn badgley who is in gossip girl and it's um this kind of creepy story about him and these women that he falls in love with almost to obsession where can i can i push back on the phrase falls in love with (laughs) yes okay so he sees them yeah and yeah yeah yeah, he stalks them (laughs) he stalks them yeah falls in love is a is a really nice way of putting it (laughs) yeah Uh, and so it's kind of the story of them getting to know each other and him waiting outside her bedroom window and whatnot. And um, we watched it as an office, all the people who sit around me and every day we'd watch one episode and come in and talk about it. And it was so creepy, but it wasn't creepy enough to deter me. There was still like this dry <laughs> humor and there was obviously like love and romance and friendship. And, and so there were like, there was enough other factors that it kind of made it okay. But it's still there. There are moments where you're kind of covering your eyes and cringing because there's definitely um, not to give anything away, but there's violence and death and things like that. So um, we the first season is definitely the better out of the two. The second one's on Netflix. Uh, it's still good. If you watch the first, you're probably going to watch the second. But um, there will be a third also coming out, I think, next year. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's a good one. Oh. I also love it's kind of like Suits, but uh, White Collar with Matt Bomer is a really good a really good uh binge watch he's a former he's a criminal uh and they basically the fbi hires him to work for them because he's so smart and he knows how um basically how criminals think and so it's basically him working with the fbi and also kind of wheeling and dealing at the same time um so that one's a really good watch too as long as we're on the subject of just good time recommends uh catch me if you can uh, oh, okay. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's Tom Hanks, Leonardo DiCaprio, and I think Steven Spielberg directed it. And yeah. it's it is nothing but a good time. Yeah, I mean, good, good love good times around here. <laughs> um, the two there's two other watches that I watched recently that are kind of crazy. I haven't seen them before because it's um, you know they were pop culture phenomenon. So it was mm. Friday Night Light. Oh, yeah. Um, I watched that after starting with the Kings and um, went on a bit of a tear there. So good. And then um, I watched Lords of Dogtown recently, actually. Never which seen it. now that Never I surf and skate in LA, it's kind of cool to see the history there of those kids um, and how they were kind of pioneers. All right. Well, hopefully, we've given you something to read, watch, do with your time. Um, we hope everybody's doing well. As we said at the uh, outset, very soon we will be getting back into episodes where we just talk about hockey. Um, as a teaser, I spent uh, an hour or so yesterday. I randomly uh, noticed that Jamie Store was fifth on the all-time wins list for Kings uh, goalies all-time, and I thought to myself, Jamie Store, that's like how is he? Or not wins, but uh, games played. And I thought, how could he possibly be fifth? He's a backup goalie. So I started looking to find out. Uh, how many seasons he had actually played uh, most of the season. But anyway, um, before we go, Robin, do you have some tweets uh, you want to read uh, out to the people yeah. to hopefully put a smile on their face? 
I think let's leave them with the, a little laugh, some comedic relief. Um, all right. So first of all, did you see the penguins were let out at the... I did. I yeah. Give it a I tour of the was, zoo. Was, I thought that was pretty funny. They yeah, had a bit cute. of a... Uh, a go at the zoo. Um, this is one I saw online. The NHL is not allowing fans to attend games. Someone said, "How will the players know when to shoot?" <laughs> I am I am one of those fans who yells "shoot," and so I can laugh at that. But uh, but also, hey, <laughs> yeah, this one's a safety first. Uh, coronavirus prevention tip: Wash your hands like you just finished a bag of hot Cheetos con limon, and you need to remove your contact lenses. <laughs> right, I saw that one. Not bad. Um, in an unsettling reversal of my teenage years, I'm now yelling at my parents for going out. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one is, your grandparents were called to war. You were being called to sit on your couch. You can do this. <laughs> and our friend Andy Lassner said, if anyone wants to email, if anyone wants emails forwarded to them approximately every 45 seconds, I can ask my mom to add you to her district. <laughs> Not bad. That's fine. Uh, Liam Hackett, the World Health Organization just announced Ooh. that dogs cannot contract COVID-19. Dogs previously held in quarantine can now be released. To be clear, who let the dogs out? I think that's the one to go out on because I did see that one and it was a, a it was one of those eye rollers and yet at the same time, all right, that's perfect. That's pretty good. I funny. know. I know. Pretty good. So hopefully everyone's staying safe. Um, be careful out there. Uh, connect with your loved ones and friends and uh, hopefully we'll be talking a bit more hockey soon. Yeah, we will be listening or sorry, listening. We will be talking very soon and there will be an episode of Fox and Faust if you have not already heard that. Uh, as Robin said, stay safe. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.